0: mm
1: Yeah, your blessing. <clears throat> <clears throat>
2: Beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Out a silver line, there the sun is always shining. There, no tear
1: will yeah. in the eye.
2: The one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me and the path that be my portion may me through the flame of flood but his presence. I don't seem to understand, but I know we'll hold tomorrow, and I know
0: who holds my hand.
2: Far from the peaceful shore Very deeply stained within Sinking to rise no more
0: But the master of the
2: sea Her my despairing cry From the
1: waters lifted me Now safe am
2: I? Love lifted me Love lifted me When nothing else could help Love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. Love
0: lifted me. All oh, my heart to
2: him I give, ever to him I cling. In his blessed presence live, ever his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true There is my soul's best songs
1: Faithful loving service to to Him belongs
2: Love lifted me Love lifted me When nothing else could help Love lifted me
0: Love lifted me Love lifted me
2: When nothing else could help
0: Love lifted me.
2: Souls in danger, look above. Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by His love out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea. Billows, His will obey. He, your Savior, wants to be. Be saved today. Love lifted me. Love lifted me of gathering gloom Soaring, sighing, bleeding, dying stilled in the stone-cold
0: tomb
2: God and
0: sacrifice, Hallelujah, Alleluia,
2: Heals through the earth and sky.
0: Me. Me. When i, I the are not far away. Mm-hmm. When I And <laughs>
1: Embarked upon, praying God continual blessing, and I want to say something to these young men. Listen, when you get up here and you have a special part, got you covered up here. <laughs> Y'all take care of that. That uh, man, that was wonderful singing, wasn't it? These young men. I mean, they done a great job. All of our young people do, of course. But I tell you what, in that piano playing, that excites. This old preacher, I get excited when we see our young people participating in the worship hour. I'm telling you, I I do get excited. It thrills my heart to see these young people uh, continue to go on and to be a witness. Not only just to be a witness, but man, they're taking part in our worship. And I mean, that's special. And I thank God for it. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the Book of Jonah, Jonah, and Chapter One. And this evening, now I know we're already running a little behind on time. When we had a had a great prayer service, I'm not going to complain about that for sure. Uh, we had 12 men in there tonight, and I know there were others that we pray will be in the house of God and in the, the prayer service. But I'll tell you what, that's a wonderful thing to understand when you come into the house of God and you've got that many people praying for a great service, a time of worship. You know something good is going to happen and it already has. I can stop right now except for the fact this is the Word of God. It's time for the Word of God and I get excited about the Word of God too. And I'll tell you what, I'm already excited with all the great singing that we've had from our young people. Oh, what a blessing it is, and and uh, just to hear uh, people lift up their voices in worship. I mean, it means something, and it ought to mean something to you. Whether you can, whether you're uh, someone who can carry a tune or not carry a tune. I know my dad used to say, "I can't carry a tune in a bucket," but I'm going to sing anyhow. <laughs> and I tell you what, they used to sing and love to sing and. And that, that's where real worship comes in. It's singing from the heart. But in Jonah, we're going to see something tonight that maybe there may be those that may be procrastinating a little bit on some of the activities that maybe God has laid upon your heart. Maybe there's something that God has laid upon your chest to consider. You know, I've heard men say, well, Preacher, I feel like the Lord's leading me to something bigger. I think that the Lord is, is calling me into another service. What's hindered you? You know, oftentimes I look at myself and I say, what, have, what has hindered me from being what God wanted me to be? What has hindered me from reaching for the pinnacle of God's will in my life. And oftentimes I have to come back and say, it wasn't God's fault, but it was my own in my rejection. Maybe it's a, a flat out rejection like Jonah had here when God gave him an order. God told him, He said, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach against that people. Where they have sinned and their unrighteousness has come up before me, or in other words, it's, it's like the, the unrighteousness of that people have become a stench in my nostrils. And Jonah here the Bible states in verse one of chapter one, "Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah." Are you Jonah tonight? You know what was it back about 2005 I preached a message Jonah the running man. You know if you remember that, you know sometimes we run from God's own will. And in his permissive will, he allows us to run. But in his decreed will, he always gets his man, does he not? He always gets the attention. Of an individual, one way or the other. Jonah was such a man who rejected what God had told him and called him to do. And again the Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amathea, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from, or in other words, away from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and he cried every man unto his God, and cast forth wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah gone down to the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise and call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. They said every one to his fellow, come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou, what is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven, which made the sea in the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and they said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because... He had told them. I want to bring a message tonight. What are you running from? Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your presence this evening, Lord, we come with humbled hearts. Lord, we know that thou art powerful. And as the song that was just sung, Lord, we we sing those old songs, how great thou art, but Oftentimes, I wonder if we really recognize the greatness that Thou art. Lord, I pray that You'll arrest the minds and the hearts of every individual in this house. May You deal with us tonight. May You help us to see You. Maybe there's something that we need in our own lives. To be better Christians, to be better friends and better family. Lord, I pray that you open up our minds and make us aware of these things that need, to be, that need to be looked upon. That make us a better church. A greater church family for each other in this community. Lord, there are many lost around us. There are many lost that come even to the sanctuary of this house. And Father, they need to see a difference in the people Lord, I pray that this might be the hour in which many of us may stop running. We may take responsibility. We may look up to Thee. We may accept and receive Thy Word openly. Lord, bless us tonight. And Father, forgive us our sin in Jesus Christ's name. His sake that I pray. And amen. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends, the question before us tonight is one which all of us at one time or another have had to deal with. What's keeping us from what we know to be God's leading in our lives? Jonah definitely had issues as it concerned the people of Nineveh. If you remember, Jonah Jonah had a, a righteous hatred of this people. He didn't want to see God bless them. Oftentimes, I wonder about ourselves. Do we really seek the greatest blessings for those around us? But what's keeping us from doing the will of God? Today, I want to ask a few short questions. I'm not going to be long. As I said, I know we are already had a late start, but that's all right. But what I have for us tonight, I pray that you will stop and consider as you look at your own life. And ask yourself this question. Or do you really have to ask anything at all? Has not the Holy Spirit already spoke to our hearts? So tonight, I I want to bring these these out in a way that I pray will calls us to search our own hearts. To see if there be anything in us which would constitute the fact that we have fled away from God. Or have we done just exactly what Jonah done as he went down? Every time you see that he went down or went from the presence of God, you have to know that he's going away from God and his will. So first of all, tonight, as we look at these first two verses, I ask you, are you running from commitment? Verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, The word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Ametheah, saying, Arise and go. There is the word of God. Now, in our everyday lives, each and every one of us come to a place where God has opened up a door for us. Where the window has been ajarred, and we are able to, able to raise that window enough to reach in and tell somebody about Jesus. Oftentimes, we may just be bypassing in a store or maybe stopping at a gas pump to get fuel or whatever it may be. And we stop and we look at the person beside us and as they look at us. We have the answer that they're looking for, but do we commit ourselves to give them the gospel? You know, one of the things I've learned, one of the easiest ways to combat that is to carry some good gospel tracks. Oftentimes, when we're in a restaurant and we're leaving a tip or something, I'll leave a gospel track with it. And folks, I want you to know something. Men today may look at that and say, Well, that's insignificant. But yet it has the Word of God in it. And it has the Gospel message. It has a way of hope that somebody may be looking for. But are we committed to do such a thing or commit such an act? God had given Jonah a commission. And the commission was to go to Nineveh, the great city. And cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Now, immediately as I look at this verse of scripture, I see the word that great city. It makes me aware of the fact that we are in the minority here. Christians are in the minority. And everywhere you look, it seems like it's a great city of people. And oftentimes we may be bewildered and we may be intimidated. You know, I had the question brought up to me in the men's in the men's meeting about how can we how can we uh, uh, tell others about Jesus? Well, sometimes all it takes is just telling them your personal experience yourself. How did the Lord save you? What took place at your salvation? You want to know one of the best ways to tell that? Listen, is just to give it and explain the experience that God performed in you. That's what the Apostle Paul done everywhere he went. He talked about the fact that as he was on the road to Damascus, as he was on the road to breathe out uh, slaughterings and killings of Christians, he often would say, and the Lord got a hold of me. In other words, he shone that light around me. He quickened me. He made me alive. He made me to realize that I was in need. And folks, sometimes that's just the way it is with our own salvation. God makes you realize that you had a need. God made you to realize that you were in darkness and you needed the light of Jesus Christ. That's one of the greatest ways that you can give the gospel to those around you. But are we committed to do so? God often gives us the people... Of his pasture, the sheep of his fold, the church of his choosing. He gives us a commission. You know, oftentimes we look at Jonah and we begin to complain about poor old Jonah. Listen, put yourself in his shoes. You know, it's a hard, it seems like it's a hard thing for us just to tell, tell somebody in our family about Jesus, let alone go to this great, great sinful city and begin there to preach and proclaim the Word of God. It's like going to a Muslim uh, uh, place of worship and bring in Jesus Christ with you. Folks, I, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. It'd be awful intimidating, wouldn't it? I mean, if it's just you and, and you're there and amongst about 250 or 300 worshipers, as they worship, they know not what. And you have the answer. And yet, we oftentimes are in fear to go tell somebody about Jesus. But God gives His people a commission. Just like He commissioned Jonah to go and and preach there at Nineveh, He gives each and every one of us of the church of the living God, He gives us a commission to go and preach the Word of God, to spread the gospel throughout all the world. You see that in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. He commissions us to go. But are we committed to do such a thing? That's just like this evening. I'll be honest with you. You show a commitment when you when you vote to increase the the love offerings of a missionary. You vote to 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 be a blessing. You vote to be committed to that call and that cause. You see, without churches like this to give uh, uh, to those missionaries, they would not be able to do what they do. Are you committed? Are you committed enough to, to give to the offerings and, the, and, and to the offering box back there? I'm not sure exactly what comes in weekly on a weekly basis, but I know this. I ask myself this question. Are we given the way we ought to be? in light of the world's view, in light of what's going on in the world today. Listen, I want you to know something. There's darkness in the world and the only way to combat darkness is with light. And the only way to get the light into the world is for people like us to go and fulfill the commission that God has given us. Preach the glorious gospel. Are we committed to do that? Is an apathetic uncommitted answer your response well that's the pastor's job well that's the deacons they can take care of that when you think about the word apathy listen it's a lack of interest in anything is the first definition but the second definition absolutely applies in this, in this moment the inability to feel normal or passionate human feelings or respond emotionally to those that are in need. You know what? that church that is suffering from apathy is a church that's soon to fall herself. If you don't care about others around you, listen, you'll fall yourself. You'll drown in, in your riches. You'll drown in your sorrow. Thank God for a church that's willing to keep giving, to send missionaries, listen brother Sukarah is training a young man has been training him now for several years he's training him because he knows that his eyes are leaving him he has immaculate degeneration in both eyes and it's not going to be long he's not going to be able to see he has a bad heart he has other issues that come up from time to time with his kidneys and what have you. Listen, the man is in need of somebody to take that work. And the only way he's able to do that is to teach one of those nationals himself. Thus saith the word of God. How's he going to do that? Through support, just like you give. Through you tonight. The church of the living God to the authorized church. I'm talking about the church that was authorized with power to go and to teach and to preach and to spread the good news. And the only way to do that is if we send people to do. But we cannot go around the world. Jonah chapter 1 verse 5 and 6. The Bible says, Then the mariners were afraid... And cried every man unto his God. And cast forth the wares that were, that were in the ship into the sea. To lighten it of them. But Jonah had gone down into the sides of the ship. And he lay and was fast asleep. He had an apathetic feeling toward those men. That he had a responsibility toward. He should have committed his own self to their cause. He should have prayed to God then. But he didn't. He was uncommitted. We have people in our families. We have people in our communities. We have people that come to our church services who need someone to give them the hope of the gospel. I ask you tonight, will it be you? Are you committed to the cause? Now secondly, I want you to think about this. Are you running from responsibility? The first question was, Are you running from commitment? Now I ask, Are we running from responsibility? Jonah had a responsibility to his shipmates. Do something. Say something. Be something. Be something different. Verses 6 down through verse 10, We see how Jonah could have been, he He had a responsibility to the men that he was with. Call upon thy God, they said. Pray, child of God, look around you. Is there not a cause tonight in the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church? Is there not a cause? You know, one thing that we have never had to deal with here, very much at all, is Sunday morning only people that come. We never did have to deal with that very much, but now it seems like a younger generation does not see the responsibility and the need to for responsible worship when the Bible says that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We all need to encourage these younger generation because they're the next church. They're the next group of individuals that's going to come and take the place and take the helm of the ship, so to speak. They've got to be taught right. You see, that's what Brother Sukaral's doing with this young man. He's teaching him what thus saith the Word of God. He's not teaching him out of a self-help book of how to govern churches or whatever it is. He's teaching him the Word of God. And folks, that's the only way today and that's our responsibility. But do we shun it? Do we shun the responsibility of teaching these young people how to behave in the house of God? And I'm, talking, I'm not talking about our little children. Listen, those things will come in time, but I'm talking about as our children grow into teenagers and, and beyond, are we teaching them how to behave in the, in the house of God and what is acceptable and what is not acceptable in the house of God? You see, God has a God's word has a way how we're to act in the house of God. Things that we are to do and things we're not supposed to do. You know whether it is our responsibility if we want this church to stay as she is, or even better, it's our responsibility to tell them how the house of God is to be treated. That's Bible folks. Is there not a cause? You know, as David, as David went out to the fight and his brethren come in and they began to ridicule him saying, all you want to do is watch what's going on. And as he looked around, he said, is there not a cause? Church, I ask you tonight, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause when you look around and you see these young people? And did you go and you visit other churches who already have young people that are taking over the helm of the church You'll see that there's a cause, folks, because we have had a whole generation that have not been taught the things of God the way they ought to be. That's a reason why tonight that I think that church services is so important, and the Word of God's important. Listen, you understand this, that you're getting according to the Word of God tonight. There will be those that will walk out of here and and, and not remember a thing. You know why? Because they didn't apply their mind to the Word of God. Folks, we can't do that. Call upon thy God. That was the plea from the mariners, from the shipmates of Jonah. They said, please call upon Him that we may be saved. Folks, i am telling you what, you look around this nation today, young people need God's people praying for them. We need to have a responsibility in our hearts and minds to say that we're going to pray for these young people because today's society is filling them with so much filth and so much anger they can't even begin to take over the helm of the church today. They need to be taught. Thank God for godly parents in this church Listen, thank God for godly grandparents who will see to it that their children and grandchildren do know what it means to be in the house of God. Now listen, sometimes I'm afraid we're letting that responsibility slide. We need to inform our people how important it is. is. First Samuel 15, the Bible says, you know, a lot of times people say, well, I'll... I'll do this and it'll make it all all right. I'll go this time and it'll be all right what we've let go in the past. In 1 Samuel in chapter 15, the remark was made that it's better to obey than to offer sacrifice. Folks, it's better to obey God, first of all. Than to have to come back and offer a sacrifice for your own negligence. And so in 1 Samuel 17 and 29, there's where you see David cry out, Is there not a cause? And I look to you tonight, Emmanuel, Is there not a cause today? Look at us. Praise God for the, for the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. Listen, folks, I'll tell you what, it's important. There are churches meeting tonight with maybe three, four, or five people. I praise God for the folks that are here. This morning we have around seventy some people in the house of God. Listen, where are they at tonight? They need to be in the house of God. We need to we need the word that responsible party to encourage them. I don't say that you need to go to them and beat them over the head. And drag them into the house of God. I say we just need to encourage their hearts to be faithful to the house of God. Jonah, Jonah had a responsibility. Jonah should have done something. He should have said something. He should have acted in a way that was appropriate. But what did he do? He laid in his own leisure. Folks, there's a lot of people tonight that just well, this is somebody else's problem. This ain't my problem. I'm here. But well, what's going to happen when the somebody else outside begins to say, I'm going to run the church? Folks, there's people doing that tonight in Baptist churches. Let me tell you what's going on. They're destroying the church in the name of the church. You know why? Because they got untaught people that are not worried or concerned about the house of God. All they want to do is to have a good time. Folks, there's more to having a good time than just coming in and listening to some good singing. I've enjoyed myself tonight in the singing. It's been wonderful. But as wonderful as it is, it's important to have the Word of God. Amen. Amen. We're running a little late tonight. I know that. Folks are getting, maybe you might be upset because we're running late. But know this. It's the Word of God. It's time for the Word of God tonight. Now, thirdly, I want you to think about this. Are you running from possible failure? Jonah was given a commission. Jonah ran away from the Lord, and I don't think it was necessarily because he was afraid he would fail. He wanted to fail, he wanted the people of Nineveh to fail, so he refused. You say, well, you can't refuse God. Oh, yeah, you can. He's got a decreed will and he's got a permissive will. And that permissive will allows us to go against him. That's what Jonah done. Jonah went against him in his permissive will. But in his decreed will, Jonah couldn't get very far, could he? <laughs> Till that old fish come up and swallowed him. You know, there are people today that say, that ain't nothing but a myth. Well, folks, I want you to know something. I serve a God that's able to create anything. Amen. Look what He done with us. Nineveh was a city of about 120,000 people and I want you to stop right there and think about that one man of God going against a sinful city of 120,000 be almost like you going as an individual and going to Las Vegas and starting to preach against their sin boy what a wicked place folks I want you to know something tonight God has not only given, given you something that you need to commit to, He has also given you something you need to re, be responsible about. And lastly, you need not worry about failure because God is going to take care of His business. We just got to do what we're supposed to do. You know, today, people get all upset. People get all upset because, well, I didn't get nobody to get saved. Well, listen, it ain't your deal to get nobody saved. Your responsibility is only to preach the gospel. The Holy Spirit is the one that does the quickening and the saving. Listen to that. If you get them saved, how long are you going to keep them saved? You won't even get your back turned. Listen. You can't save a person. All you can do is give them the gospel. There's no failure in that. God's in charge of all that, amen? Isn't God in charge of salvation? The Bible says salvation's of the Lord. All we're supposed to do, listen... Don't worry about failure. Don't worry about that individual in your family that's going to reject you. Listen, I've been rejected by my family. I've been rejected by those. I have those in the family that just can't not stand me. You know why? Because I'm a preacher. That's all there is. I tell them the truth. Listen, I used to be afraid of speaking to family members. But I've come to realize if I don't do it, who is going to? Listen, it's just like the message I preach, standing in the and the ascending smoke. You're standing there, and you have the way of hope. You can you can literally give them the hope that they need not to step off into the brink of eternity. Will you do it? Are you committed to it? Will you be responsible enough? Don't worry about failure. You've done what you're supposed to do when you go tell somebody about Jesus. The only
0: failure
1: The only failure is one who never tries. The only person that's going to fail is that one who never, never steps out. You know, I go back to Matthew 14 and I think about Peter. And I'm going to come to a close here in just a second. But Peter was, Peter was a man and his comrades, if you remember, they were ready to give up everything when Jesus come a-walking on the water. Here was Peter. And Peter, right along with the rest of them, all the rest of them saw him too. They were all afraid. But Peter said, Lord, if it be thee, bid me to come to thee. You say, well, I don't know how brave that was. Well, it's pretty, pretty brazen, but you know what? He stepped out, didn't he? None of the rest of the folks had time, had even an opportunity to fail because they never tried. Or something to say about failing in something that you've tried. I want you to think about this for just a moment as I close. We're going to have some setbacks in our lives. We're going to have some setbacks in our attempts when we serve the Lord. We're going to have some setbacks when... We try to do what he wants us to do. But don't quit. You know, Peter, Peter, I'll be honest with you, he gets a bad rap, and I understand where people are coming from. Man of little faith, but listen, he's the one, he was the only one that stepped out on the water, wasn't he? He's the only one that took off after the Lord. But listen, when Peter realized that he was sinking, he didn't quit, did he? You said, "Well, what do you mean?" <clears throat> My voice just cracked. <laughs> what do you mean, preacher? Peter never quit. You said, "Yeah," but he was sinking. He'd lost his faith. He had looked around. He saw the boisterous waves and and he saw the wind. He. He gave up and he was sinking. Yeah, but he did not sink. He called out upon the Lord. He didn't quit. There are times in your life you're going to feel like quitting. There's times in your life you feel like when you're sinking, that's it. That's the time when you need to realize, I need to call on the Lord. Have you ever been there? Preachers get there about once a week. Pastors get there about once a week. Uh, They're ready to give up. Every Monday morning, that's it. I quit. I've rolled out my resignation. It's all done. And the Lord gets a hold of you about Monday night. Shakes some life into you. And said, you get about the business. You know what? I believe that's what he done to old Peter. He grabbed a hold of him. Got his attention. Put him back on ship. Said, now get busy with it. Folks, there's times when we're going to have to realize that in our own lives. There might be times when we fail. But failure only means that you've tried an attempt, amen? At least you've tried. Don't quit, though. Call out for God. Say, Lord, I need you. I need this help. Tonight, I sat in my study this week and I had this little outline. But I put on a little sticky note. Probably been better if I just brought the sticky note. Probably wouldn't have been a half an hour trying to preach this. But anyway, what are you running from? Is there anybody in this house tonight that's running from something? Are you running from the responsibility of your family? Listen, you got family around, they're watching you. They need to see you're serious about God. Amen. They need to see that you're serious about the things of God. Instead of turning your back and walking away. There are those that are done that today, ain't they? They've turned their back and walked away from God. Listen. Don't quit on God. We have a, we have a great church family here. We have a great work to do. We need to be committed and responsible and never fear failure because God's in control. Amen. This is, is this not God's work? <clears throat> this is God's work. This isn't the work of John Lybrook. Listen, my works are going to fail. This is all about the Lord. That's the way church ought to be. It's all about the Lord. Commit to the cause. Be responsible to do what you're asked and told through the Word of God. And don't worry about failure. God's in control. This is His house. This is His work. He'll see to it that it continues on if we remain faithful. Folks, we want the candlestick, don't we? We want it to stay in its place. The candlestick being the Holy Spirit you want to make sure the Holy Spirit is in the house, because when the Holy Spirit is gone, you've met for nothing. May God help us is our prayer. Let's all stand, please. Divine, <clears throat> heavenly Father, dear God, as we humbly come before Your throne tonight, we do so with thankful heart. We thank You, dear God, for this narrative of Jonah and how it can help the modern day church. To find herself being committed and responsible to the work that you've given her. As long as we never worry about failure, we know that you're in charge of all things. And I pray, Father, you'll continue to bless this congregation as you have. Help us, dear God, to be vigilant and faithful. Help us, dear God, to be all we can be for your honor and for your glory. Bless us tonight. Save souls and save lives. And Father, forgive us our sin in Christ's name. And amen. Have amen. our song leader and our pianist to come. Let's go to number six. Number six. <coughs> <coughs>